0: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. Hi, everyone. Today, my guest is Emily Ricker. But before I get started, I just wanted to say thank you for bearing with me the last month. I was underwater and behind with the podcast, and mostly just because of the heaviness surrounding the election and just generally being worn down, which I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. But I have several interviews recorded now with artists I really respect, and I look forward to sharing them with you over the next month for your holiday listening pleasure and escape. My conversation today is with Emily Ritger. She is a maker and teacher based in Chicago, as well as the founder and director of the artist collective, The Midwives. Emily and I overlapped during our time at the University of Evansville for undergrad, and she's someone I've always wanted to get to know better as she is close with so many of my close friends. So I'm grateful to have had this time with her to chat. Check out her work at emilyritger.com and themidwives.org. I hope you enjoy the 167th episode of The Compass. What do you do as an artist to keep from going to the dark side? (laughs) I actually, actually, I don't know why. I just said that in a way that I usually don't. I usually word it. What do you do to keep from going to the dark side as an artist?
2: Hmm. Not sure why I decided
1: to change it in the moment
2: <laughs> Oh the dark side um what do I do? Uh, I think most immediately I think of I'm a big nature person so being outside is is usually like a cleanse or a restart for me um so going for a hike in the woods with my dog and or... I live in Chicago, so even if it's just walking to the lake and coming back um, or gardening, something that's outside. Uh, but I think also I think a lot of my work um, with, with the midwives is is so much around building a structure to, to not have the dark side um, mm-hmm. or to just have more – People around that are really inspiring to me, and are constantly—it's um, like I don't trying to force myself to not even think about it. Mm. <laughs> um, I think is part of part of what I do. Well,
1: I'm so excited to talk about the midwives, partly because when I was looking into what you guys were doing, it seemed like there was so much overlap between your mission and a lot of the ideas that I've been trying to explore with the podcast about community and creating your own path and um, finding different ways to support yourself as an artist. But before we dive into that, um, when we're talking about this, when I say the dark side, how does that pop up most often for you?
2: I think it has to do with the question of value. Mm -hmm. Um, Feeling like my voice isn't valuable or my perspective doesn't have a place. Um, and then that, that feeds into, well, why am I, why am I even doing this? If, if I'm worried about that, um, that it's, you know, is it important that someone else, uh, is is the approval important or, um, How will other people receive this? But I think it's, yeah, largely coming from that fear of, yeah, my voice not having value. Yeah. That's such a big one. Especially
1: now, it's interesting with all of the having social media be such a part of our lives (laughs) these days. (laughs) it's interesting because you can quote unquote like get your voice out there so easily in the moment but it's also such a cacophony that it's it it can feel like well what am I everybody's talking at the same time is my voice being heard is it even important
2: definitely I feel like whenever I go on Facebook I start talking to myself out loud saying like get off you need to leave you need to leave (laughs) yeah yeah I do that too I'm like put this down
1: this is it's gone on too long put it down put it down. (laughs) <laughs> um well how do you talk about yourself as an artist because mm-hmm. I was looking at your resume and you've done so many different things you're a director you're a performer you're a creator how do you how do you talk about what you do
2: mm. <laughs> I think that's probably the biggest struggle
1: <laughs> uh, not how do you well, I, I guess that that I did mention some labels <laughs> but I'm more I'm more interested in how you feel about
2: well, and what the labels do? are important. The labels help help contextualize and they're really <laughs> valuable. Um, but I mean, at the University of Evansville, where we met, I was mm-hmm. in the generalist category. Um, Some of my best think, friends were yeah. <laughs> the most interesting yeah. artists I know. <laughs> which I've, you know, I think when I was there, I was like, what is this category? Um, and for those listening that didn't go to Evansville, it's, I mean, probably all generalists would describe it differently, but I described it as someone that was just interested in everything um, and had trouble choosing. <laughs> um, and I still relate to that. I, my grad program I chose based on it was kind of billed to me as design your own MFA. And that was like, awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, you know, how I define myself is so, so much connected to, well, I am a teacher and I'm a writer. I think above everything, anything, I'm a collaborator. I really thrive working in projects. I only get projects done or, (laughs) or keep working on projects that I have a And a collaborator. Um, And, you know, more and more have begun to own the community maker side of that. And um, I recently said to someone, I was like, I think no matter what field I had gone into, I would have found some, it would have been always connected to community making. Um, So, yeah, I try to hold the the, the definition lightly because i i can't i can't commit <laughs> can't commit to anything.
1: <laughs> I love that though because I think sometimes we can get so hemmed in by it
2: hmm. that it,
1: you don't allow yourself to think about the possibilities outside of that definition or that title. Mm-hmm. For sure. Let's just start with the midwives because I'm really interested, and then we can talk about a lot of other things in your path. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you? Tell the listeners a little bit about what it is and when you started
2: it. I will try. Um, <laughs> well, the midwives—they have a lovely are... website.
1: If you want to go check it out, go take a look. <laughs> yeah, check out, follow the along web- the
2: website. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the midwives uh, first and foremost are are really an experiment, and I try and say this every year that we we're trying something new every year that we are in operation, but. We formed about four years ago, um, and it was myself and six other artists. And it was after after I had left grad school, and I had been out for a couple months and feeling real, real in the dark side, mm-hmm. um, and just lonely, lonely, and trying to trying to move forward. And and I reached out to these six artists who. I I feel, felt really inspired by their, by their work and wanted to see more of their work. And I reached out to them with just a series of questions <laughs> and said, hey, if you, if you want, I'd really love for you to answer these in this Google Doc um, if you have the time. And they were largely around what they were craving in their artistic practice and in and in their artistic home. Um, and what does that even look like for them? Uh, and my background's largely in new play development um, mm-hmm. and nurturing artists. And and my grad program was, lar- was really the first time that I gave myself any space as an artist to develop my voice. Um, so I was trying to kind of blend both of those things together. But um, I expected these were all performance-based kind of a wide variety of performance-based artists. But um, I kind of expected them all to talk about producing and like wanting more support producing their work. And I was always inspired by the company 13P. And I was like, well, maybe we could try something like that. It was 13 playwrights who all committed to producing each other. And then mm-hmm. what I loved about it was they were like, and then we'll close. And they did after they had all (laughs) produced each other and, you know, look it up. uh, Lots of amazing playwrights came out of that. But um, anyway, these artists didn't say that. They didn't talk about producing. They talked about the struggles in the artistic practice. They talked about needing accountability, needing someone to bounce ideas off of, needing, needing the support and motivation to keep making what they wanted to make opposed to what other people were telling them to make or what they thought was going to get picked up or, um, you know, all those things. And so I was like, okay, based on all of these answers, let's try an experiment. We will all, and over the course of all of their Google <laughs> comments, someone, uh, actually Jana Ross, who is a fellow Evansviller, um, she's like, this really sounds like like creative midwifery. Like I really am drawn to this idea of supporting another artist in their process. And in the Google chat side, I was like, yes. Um, (laughs) And so we were like, great, let's commit to a year that we will all be both an artist in this circle and a midwife to each other. And we will support each other in making our work. Um, And so just logistically, like, To imagine just the structure, I kind of describe it like you're playing Duck, Duck, Goose in grade school and you're all sitting on the floor in a circle. And the person to your right is your artist. So you midwife them. And the person to your left is your midwife. So these aren't Mm -hmm. reciprocated relationships. I think that's really important to point out um, that when you are meeting with your artist, it's all about them and their project. And then it's a separate space, big, big divide, that when you are working with your midwife, it's all about you and your project. Um, so the circle goes all the way around and completes itself within within that group of people. Um, and so that was our first year. It was uh, crazy. And we still have, some, you know, lots of the founding members are still involved. Um, but each year we've taken it of like, great. That was a struggle. How do we reimagine it for the next year? And how do we reimagine it for the next year? And, and so now we're in February, we'll be going into our fourth term because we really, we really lean into the metaphor of childbirth. Um, and, and, um, we have opened our, it's anyone that signs up can be involved. And, um, and we are really trying to broaden – it's not just – we started as performance-based artists, but um, expand to visual arts and music and dance, and we've had people make video games. Um, so really try to cross – do the cross-pollination is, is super exciting to me as well. Um, so yeah, we've, we've grown. This year we'll have about 40 members, which is kind of crazy. Wow. Bananas to me, but um, so so inspiring, um, and yeah, so that that definitely those, those <laughs> folks definitely keep me out of the dark side. That's <laughs> incredible,
1: yeah. Especially this past year, was it incredibly important to you to have that during the pandemic and quarantine and lack of <laughs> of all <laughs> physical community? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So this is our first year on this calendar. Normally we're, we followed the academic calendar. Um, so our last term, like the second half of it was um, all virtual. And we, you know, we are kind of, we were already set up for the pandemic since our artists are all over the country. And right. sometimes we have international artists as, as well that, um... Yes, if you're in the same place, like we have a lot of Chicagoans, if we if you're in the same place, it's great to be able to meet up with your midwife over coffee. Um, but people are already using, you know, a lot of FaceTime calls. People were already really creative of, well, I'm going to send – we had a pair that would send a notebook back, in the, back and forth in the mail to each other as that was their way of meeting. Um, so, yeah, it was – it was definitely hard. I mean, you could feel just kind of this tension across the whole community of, oh, what this means, people losing their jobs, pe- some people not losing their jobs, and and people all suffering from that, suffering or thriving from that isolation um, and what that meant, but I think we definitely have more members signed up this year because of the pandemic, because there is, people have, for better or worse, a little bit more space. Lots of projects have been canceled. Lots of jobs are gone. um, Mm -hmm. And people are really craving community. Um, And especially new community. You know, these are all, we pair people based on new relationships. So they're not someone you know. Um, And we also try and pair people as much as possible outside of discipline, or at least Mm. outside of kind of what their practice is. Trying to give different uh, perspectives in that way. So the pandemic is a big. (laughs) It's been a big (laughs) uh, factor. Yeah,
1: Um, I'm I'm involved with a mentorship program at Juilliard, where I went to grad school, and. I've kind of always appreciated that they've always paired me with someone who isn't an actor. I've had a couple dancers, I have a composer now, and it just really delights me to learn about what they're doing. Yeah. Um how are you doing individually during this weird
2: time? Oh how have you been doing <laughs> <with> it? <laughs> I know. Well, I definitely see the pandemic as both the it's it's definitely has its blessings and it definitely has its huge, huge, huge struggles. Um, both, both my husband and I are, are in the arts, um, Mm -hmm. and he's a designer. And so just last March got home from a job and, and that week everything got canceled and everything has just kind of slowly, you know, Theaters will hold on for dear hope of like, maybe we can do this show. And then it's like, obviously, we can't do that show. Um, Or just waiting for the next date that they set to be pushed. Right. 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 (sighs) Is that – yeah. Is that helpful? Is that not helpful? I don't know. Um, But, I mean, all in all, we've been really lucky or we feel really lucky that – even though, yeah, all these jobs have been lost, he's still been able to find kind of random, random things through. He does mostly projection design, so a lot of, a lot of video editing work, and that can be done wherever. Um, mm-hmm. And he also teaches. Um, before the pandemic, I taught at a college, and, um, and when we went into lockdown, taught remotely. I taught uh, ensemble and and experimental theater. Via Zoom. It was actually, <laughs> um, I, I think, be- beautiful. <laughs> um, but my school unfortunately decided to be, they really prioritized being in person in the fall. And um, my husband went through chemotherapy the year before. And so we decided that's his doctor's really advised against um, having yeah. a lot of contact with other people. So actually, we just got back to Chicago this week. We've been hiding. Uh, we really are lucky. We, My parents, my family has a really rustic cabin in Wisconsin, and we have been there for the past eight months. Oh, my goodness. Just kind of living in the woods, <laughs> um, <laughs> off the grid with only our phones as hotspots for internet. I was going to um, say. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was Again, it has a, its perks and its downfalls. We so were mean, in the woods, which I really need. Ways. And the yeah. dog was in the woods. But um, we've never spent this much time together in all of our relationship because he's usually on the road. Um, and so that's been a huge, mm. a huge gift. Challenge, but a huge
1: <laughs> gift. <laughs> How does it feel coming back to the city even though you're just hiding inside somewhere else, but
2: <laughs> right, right. Well, I can, I can feel my internal energy change. Like I just feel really activated, um, really, yeah, anxious.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I think I'm waiting, trying to find what, letting my body adjust to sound again. <laughs> um, and to people, even though I don't see them, just knowing people are around. Yeah. There's um, a certain
1: expectation in the city that things should be happening. Right. Which right. Which I'm
2: sure felt a little different in the middle of the woods. Yeah. yeah. But it was getting too cold to be in the woods in <laughs> Wisconsin with just a fireplace as heat. So I mm. am actually really grateful for all of the um, – all of the easy things that <laughs> living at home affords like a, a microwave and a hot water <laughs> kettle. and <laughs> Yeah. Um,
1: so I have a question about a little bit about how you facilitate those relationships, the midwife artist relationships. Like you mentioned people communicating online, meeting up for coffee, sending the notebook back and forth, which I love. Um, how much guidance do you give them about how to use each other effectively, um, and how much do you just let it develop on its own?
2: Oh, that's the constant argument. (laughs) Or you just kind of have to Um, see as
1: you go who needs it and who doesn't.
2: Well, I don't know. Um, I mean, I really – so we we have core members, and these are folks that really make – uh, they were some of our founding members, and now we've invited new folks in to be that kind of core group that help to really shape what the what the term looks like each year. And I lean on those; fo- they're they are amazing. <laughs> these these people are amazing, um, and and they're really they're coming from such different perspectives. And so, some I, I really value that. That's often a conversation where we're like. Someone says, we need to give more resources. We need to give more, um, uh, whether it's exercises that help activate what what midwifing a person looks like, or we need to give more direct like worksheets or <laughs> things like that. And then on the other side, someone will say, no, no, part of the magic is in letting them find their own way. And, and yes, it's going to be a struggle and, and we might lose some people along the way, but really the most beautiful relationships happen once they've, they've, they've had their own discovery. And I'm sure, you know, we can all, uh, we can all, you know, appreciate that as a, as a student that, oh yeah, there are classes I remember taking that in the moment I didn't get anything that was happening. And then, 15 years later it's like a pin drops and it's like oh aha now i get it um so i think we're always walking a really thin ledge of how much <laughs> how much like really how how prescriptive to be and how free to be um but we so we have i mean just logistically we do an orientation and kind of try to activate some of Not only give context of where this group comes from, but activate some of the ideas and methodology of what it means to be a midwife. Because, I mean, because we don't think of them as mentors. You know, people will sign up and they're like, but I'm really afraid. Like, I don't know. I'm not an expert in anything. Right. And really driving home that that's not what this is about at all. Um, A midwife is so much, you're a witness you are someone to reflect what you see to reflect what you're hearing um to also be an advocate be a cheerleader um be someone to you know you're you're the person that texts and say hey did you do that you said you were going to have a deadline on this day and i haven't seen anything um and i think i think actually of that i have a background in Biola Spolin theater work. And and I think a lot of actors are familiar with the mirror exercise of standing in front of someone and just reflecting physically with each other, being a mirror to that other actor. And I think of a midwife so much in that way, that a midwife is really following what their artist is doing and trying to be that Reflector for them. And so that's both also, that's also in how we try and give feedback that it's not about what I want, what me as the midwife or audience or whomever wants to see, but it's what we are seeing Hmm. um, and really trying to afford the maker to hear that and choose is that what I want? Them to be seen or experiencing. What do I want? Um, So I I kind of got off topic there. But uh, I, we also, um, in addition to just these one-on-one relationships that you have with your midwife and artist, you also have your smaller circle. So even though we have about forty makers working with us this this coming term. They'll be split into six small circles of six okay. to seven artists. And so you have this little cohort. Um, so, and you'll, you meet with that cohort every other month. Um, and that's facilitated by a core member that's kind of offering that space of what it right. looks like, of, of, of discussion, um, but also of sharing of work. You share your work, not just with your immediate midwife, but in your smaller circle yeah
1: so I'm curious for you as um as an artist like how the experience has been since you started this group like have you felt the freedom to really participate as an artist yourself Mm -hmm. or do you feel like the organizational part of it and the kind of producing part of it can kind of um prevent you from really feeling like you're you're taking full advantage of the the support just as an
2: artist. Yep, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: all, of uh, <laughs> all of the above. All of the above. Well, I've it's been a slow acceptance journey for me to to accept that the midwives are a creative project for me, um, and so recognizing that, yeah, um, and is really kind of a blending of of so many parts of my background of, of teaching, of working at nonprofit theaters, of working directly with artists, uh, building curriculum, but also I just, I feel really inspired by the like pedagogy conversations and, and space that like, Oh, wow. I, I, that, that kind of reflection has been such a huge creative outlet for me. Um, but yes, it, it is, it's, it's all consuming <laughs> and, you know, with any, anything like this, it's, it's really being pushed forward just out of sheer passion, um, both from me and the, and these core members that, uh, they are, if they if we receive any financial uh compensation, it's very very tiny, and and that we're working <laughs> to change that. But um, mm-hmm. but it is ultimately a cert like we when we founded in our first year, we called ourselves a service organization. We are serving each other. Um, but yeah, I I think I go through a lot of emotions of resentment versus, uh, fulfillment versus, um, maddening. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Um, and I've, I have been in, we don't, we don't require our core members to be in the term each year that you can help shape the term, but you don't necessarily have to participate. We know that that's a huge, um, amount of time to invest as a participant. Um, but I have been involved every year Oh wow. and I, think there's something really important to me. And I know at some point I won't be able to be involved, but there's been something really important to me around the hierarchy that that established or tries to break down that we are all peers, regardless of of accomplishments or age or anything, all those things that kind of mark Mm -hmm. hierarchy. um, But also the fact that the people who are facilitating, the person who is making this thing happen, is also a member. Um, is I don't know. Really, that that kind of power dynamic is is important to me. That that I'm not just someone making you do this. I am doing this with you. I am struggling with you, <laughs> and. Um, And I'm so fed by by the individual relationships. I'm so fed by being a midwife to another artist, and that really that relationship makes me make my own work. Um, And I know you know more than having like I love having a midwife, and I'm very (laughs) I get you know super excited, but um, I know that I I I really need that direct inspiration. I feel that also as a teacher, that if I'm not teaching, if I'm not engaging in those conversations there, I feel really dead or uninspired as a maker. Mm
0: -hmm. With Lucky Lance Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your decision to go to grad school, because you didn't—you went a few years after, mm-hmm. after undergrad, mm-hmm.
2: right? Yeah, yeah. Now I don't remember. Do do doo. How many years? <laughs> a handful <Several>. of years, <laughs> like six, maybe. I don't know. Something. Yeah, a while. Yeah. Um, what was that mm. decision like? And um.
1: Well, this is kind of a superficial question. I was about to ask: Are you happy with the decision? with
2: that? <laughs> well, I, I think that's a fair. Uh, I don't know if that's I an important that's question. question. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, gee. Well. Uh. So I. I mean, grad school. I love school. <laughs> I love school, and going echoing back to being a generalist, I think it. You know, every year I would think about grad school. Um. And would kind of go on this existential crisis of, but what, which, what, kind, not where. It was never about where, it was about what for, what for. Yeah. Right. You know, I thought for a long time about um, performance studies. I still think about that. Um, I think I, you know, then it was like, well, am I going for directing? I did yeah. Am I going for directing? At that point, I wasn't, I didn't think of myself at all as a writer. So that wasn't even really on the table or, or teach or education. I was all over the place. <laughs> and, um, it's a
1: testament to how many things you are able to do.
2: Sure, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, but I think ultimately, so when I did finally apply, I applied to a bunch of places I applied as a director, and I applied to Sarah Lawrence. Um, and if you're not familiar with Sarah Lawrence, it's like this <laughs> – oh, I'm worried to describe it because I, I will say I'm so happy with my decision of going there. I I did not know that I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this, it's this just beautiful little – Little tiny tiny liberal arts school north of north of New York, and it's got the most incredible <laughs> faculty of super experimental and uh, innovative makers. Um, I, I I just think of it as this like hippie dreamland. Um, now that being said, it was very hard to go. Like it was very hard to rip yourself out of what you feel like is a career (laughs) in, in, at that time in theater, in like, you know, the track building of like, well, I've worked here and done this administrative job. And like, Mm -hmm. how is that going to build to X, Y, and Z? So it's hard to rip myself out of that. And I'd actually just gotten married like 10 days before I started grad school and we moved across country with our dog. Um, But um, I think at the Now, and I I said this earlier, but now I really view it as, as investing in myself, um, and really giving, asking who I am. Um, all of my professional experiences up to that point had been about fostering other artists and I love that, obviously, but, um, but felt, you know, there's, it's two sides for me. That's a right. two-sided really, um, uh, coin. Um, and no, so and a lot really of those need...
1: administrative jobs can be, you're be fostering other people's work, but not in a creative way at all. Right. At times.
2: Right. <laughs> oh, you know, for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I went and interviewed and auditioned and, and I really loved that it was combining. I could take classes in the dance department, in the music department. Um, I think if I had pushed harder, I could have gone wherever I wanted. <laughs> um, but I was just really inspired. You know, up until that point, my my theater background had been so. What I'm realizing is super traditional. I didn't even realize how traditional. Um, and I lived a couple of years right before grad school in Cleveland and worked for a company that largely did devise work and, and worked out of the Grotowski methodology. And that was really my first time being like, oh, whoa, there are different ways of making yeah. what? And <laughs> got kind of angry. Like, how have I been, I don't know, how have I missed out on this? And and so that really informed to what I was looking for in grad school, and so Sarah Lawrence was 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 really a place to explore collaborative making, um, devised work, interdisciplinary work, um, and and myself as a writer as a, our our thesis project. Um, their grad students are required to make a solo show, and. I think I heard that in the interview and maybe dismissed it, um, thinking like, oh, no, they'll let me just direct something. That is not (laughs) true. You have to make a solo show and you have to perform it um, and do all of the components associated with it. Um, But that was such a huge, huge, huge gift. Um, And I am, yeah, I'm such an advocate for that program um, and for the faculty that are there.
1: You know, I had such a different experience with grad school because I went right after Evansville, which was what I needed in a lot of ways. And I got like I got to like refine like technique stuff that I didn't get at Evansville right away. But I do think there's something really valuable about um, kind of, you know, gaining experience and assessing where you are. And then taking that time for yourself, like you said, like investing in yourself at a yeah. later point when you can really, like, survey <laughs> survey the landscape <laughs> and see what sorts of things you really want to explore and that you really need.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What does your family make of your decision to be an artist for your career, <laughs>
2: oh, if you don't
1: I've, mind talking
2: no, about it? For sure. No, that's – it is – I mean – it's a really important component, whether you're close to your family or not. So many of our values are really formed out of, you know, <laughs> that. Uh, so <laughs> no, my 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 parents are so supportive. They, you know, they're pretty uh, vocal that they don't understand, but um, but that has never meant that they. You know they've they've never tried to make me go into something else. They've never like, um, you know, <laughs> put a piece of paper across the table and be like, "Have you looked at this?" Or <laughs> this would be so much more financially uh, stable. Um, I mean, when I left grad school, I, I remember having a breakdown to my mom and saying, "Like, I'm never going to make money. How am I ever going to?" I was at that time we were trying to buy a house, and and it was impossible to get a loan, and. Um, you know, they just didn't understand freelancers and they didn't get that, you know, we can still, we can still make money even though it doesn't look the same on a tax form. And so I remember like just losing it and being like all the, you know, yeah, what am I going to do? And I really appreciated her. And I'm sure at this point she'd be like, I don't remember saying that, but, um, She was just like, you will be creative. You will find so many ways. There are, you know, making money doesn't have to look like a nine to five job. Um, It'll be a lot of piecing together. And and certainly for them, that has been their life of kind of piecing together different things. Um, My dad is an attorney, but is what he calls a country attorney, which means like... (laughs) kind of just this general, like all the, all the different types of clients that come to him and um, often people that, you know, can't pay for, for that and and how they've had to really be creative. It hasn't just been about that to provide for their family. It's been a lot of different avenues and Mm. it was helpful to hear and be reminded of that, that, our creativity also stretches into, we think creativity is so much around like, oh, there's this product. I'm making this thing and this thing is going to get, is (laughs) hopefully either uh, advance me or I'll make money off of it or what have you. But creativity is in every component of our lives. And that stretches too into the financial element and how we have to think outside of the box a lot of the time of, of how we're going to make those things meet. Um, so yeah, they've been very supportive. I've often, you know, I think I am often a little sheepish in in how I talk about it. And I know that that's, that's an area that I'm trying to, um, I know that how I talk about my making so much communicates that value. And I will often diminish it. Um, Kind of preemptively (laughs) expecting what their reaction might be. Right, right. Um, We're not bringing it up at all or all the things. And um, I've been learning that that's – if I share with them, if I tell them what's going on, it it really allows them to enter that conversation and be able to ask me things. whereas I know in the past I've gotten angry cuz I'm like you don't care about this you never ask me about this and and they'll be like I don't know what to ask and these are very polite wisconsinites so um we're, we're quiet and they're quiet in general <laughs> so um yeah it's a it's it's always tricky
1: have they gotten to see um many of your pieces in person
2: um they have they have I've done a lot of a lot of my work has gone through like educational programming, so they've been able to come and see that. They, you know, I I think like most theater people, we started off as performers, so they definitely miss seeing me perform. That's not really part, I, that's not really my wheelhouse anymore, and so they're always like, well, right.
1: can't you just perform it? And, <laughs> I can see tangibly like, what hmm. that is yeah. for you, yeah.
2: Yeah, but they definitely yeah. my my work has progressively gotten more and more personal and more and more related to my upbringing in Wisconsin. And so mm-hmm. they get a chuckle out of like, oh, you that's a story from like our neighbor. <laughs> and I remember sitting next to my dad and directly referencing um, a neighbor of ours. And he just like poked me and like started chuckling. I'm like, that's good. I, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, well, it must be nice to be at least in the same region as them now.
2: And so yes. How long have you
1: been in Chicago?
2: Uh, well, I moved here um, shortly after undergrad, um, and I graduated from Evansville in 2008. So I've been back and forth a bunch. I okay. was in Cleveland for a bit, and but I've been back here now um, for about four years. Okay. Okay.
1: I have so many friends who live in Chicago, both from Evansville, and then I grew up in Michigan, so a lot of my mm. my friends from home kind of migrated there as the closest big city. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I'm not drawn to live there myself, but I've, I find it to be a really lovely, lovely city, and I'm fascinated by the theater scene there, because mm-hmm. there does seem to be um, a lot of opportunity for making your own work from the impression I've gotten.
2: Yeah. I think... Um- I mean, who knows what it'll look like after right. the pandemic, but at least before, I mean, it is such a town of, you know, storefront theaters are just constant constantly in rotation of something new happens and then something closes and um and they must be able to find an audience.
1: You know, yeah. if that's been <laughs> the tradition for so long.
2: Yeah. Yeah, mm. I think I don't know. I know I even though I was at Sarah Lawrence for 2 years. I didn't get to know New York very well, but um I think what I've really valued about Chicago is you know, each part of the city is such a neighborhood and people really claim an ownership of their neighborhood and and because of that, I think people seek out the unique parts and parts of their neighborhood neighborhood. So, people who aren't necessarily like, oh, I'm a theater viewer
0: will Mm -hmm. go to
2: a show because it's in their neighborhood. Um, And that – I find that really beautiful, that it's a – that kind of community connection. Mm -hmm. Are there any lessons that you've
1: learned in the last couple years that you're really proud of that you wouldn't mind sharing
2: with me? They can be
1: something small
2: (laughs) or large. Lessons. Oh, dear. Oh, man, that just makes my brain go so many different places. Um, My husband, Mike, is always trying to remind me that the right people will show up. (laughs) And so especially, you know, especially in the midwives or even in like artistic collaborations, I mean, there's so much like friendships, right? This 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 struggle between our expectations of people versus the reality, mm-hmm. um, and and people's different. We all have so many things we're trying to do, and so many different passions, and um, and I think that it's become a little bit of a mantra for me of like just trust that the right people will show up, um, and I've been really. I don't know, I've been really struck by how true that is. Um, by beginning to let go a little bit of, what well, needs to be this person or it needs to be, yeah, it needs to be this person or these people to let that go a little, <sighs> let that be a little lighter. Um, and And it both be about who naturally keeps coming or he keeps showing up for you, um, or through your, yourself being a little bit more open in your invitation and continuously putting out that invitation who shows up. I mean, I know this is pretty, this is vague, but I think about this in connection with the midwives of who that core group of people who just force it forward. And this is our first year that we, invited some new members. And I was real nervous. I was like, oh, into gosh. The core, into the core group. Into the core group. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you, you know, you. it's kind of like in the theater of thinking who are your, like, design team or even the actors that you like to work with. Um, that it's, you begin, you make a shorthand, you have kind of a vocabulary that you use really easily. And when you invite new people in, there is, you know you don't you don't have that anymore and but there's also the possibility of what they can bring um and I've just been really really honored by the people who do show up um and and yeah they're they're the people that you you don't expect you you keep coming I think as a You keep kind of coming back to the same people, but if you if you open up a little bit, you can be surprised.
1: Uh, when you do feel like you're kind of going to that dark place, are there any tangible things that you reach for again and again to kind of help pull you out of it, like books you go back to or music you listen to or a specific mm-hmm. thing you do?
2: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I once had a, she was my first midwife, but just a dear friend, um, helped me make, she called it a menu. And it was, it was really just from this prompt of what are, I think the idea came out of that I had just come back I had given myself a weekend retreat and I had just come back from it. And I was like, oh, I just felt so good how do I bring those some of those things back with me into my everyday life and mm-hmm. she was like well let's just make let's make a list of what were those th- what were some of the really tangible things that you did when you were away that helped you feel creative and helped you feel excited or happy or any of those things and and at that time and I really should make a new menu but at that time it was, it was some physical activity, whether it be yoga or biking or hiking. It was cooking um, or like experimenting. Yeah. Experimenting in the kitchen. Um, It was giving myself, (laughs) I don't know if other people feel this, but giving myself permission to sit and read for like 20 minutes, something that isn't the news mm-hmm. or isn't i don't know this just like for fun just reading for fun um and i i really appreciate i think of that often and it's a it's something we do in some of our workshops with the midwives of what are those what are the what are those things for you that that do act like do inspire you do bring you joy because you know, I think we can kind of fall into this place of the product oriented of like, well, if I don't see product, if I'm if I'm not cast in a show, if I'm not if if I'm not chosen for this job or application, if I didn't get this residency, it doesn't. I don't have anything tangible to show. Or, or if I didn't spend time doing, you know, if I didn't spend time writing or if I didn't spend time doing the actual thing I want to be doing, that also feels like this failure. Mm-hmm. But what I loved about this menu idea was the recognition that these other things that we often take for granted are really, those are those are part of the job too, that we really need to make. The time and see those as victories that, oh, you know, I, yoga, like yoga instructor will be like, thank yourself for making it to the mat. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I, yeah, I do need to, we should all like some kind of Good recognition job. that, yeah, that I got out of bed. I mean, in a different time, I got out of bed and <laughs> walked to the studio. But now it's, it feels even harder. It's like I got out of bed. I made space in my own home to do this thing. Um, I made space to go for a walk. I made space to do this. That bringing intention, I think, is probably the biggest part of that, of just recognizing in the moment that this task I am doing right now, whether it's cooking or doing yoga or reading, is an investment in myself and is an investment in my creativity and in my artistic practice um, and recognizing that like just a little, it's a little step.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I love that she called it a menu. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I had it it posted on my wall for a long time and she, I, she made me chart of how I needed to do at least one of them each day. It was very strict. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but very helpful.
1: <laughs> it's a good friend. Yeah. Um, and then the final question is, is there anything, any piece of art that you've consumed of late that you want to recommend of any art form? Which I know might oh, be tricky since yeah. you've been in the woods without Wi-Fi. But a book, a TV show, a movie…
2: And in the woods, and I feel like I've been reading, like I've just been consuming. I don't want to call it trashy things, but just like easily <laughs> consumable things. Um, hmm, hmm. Well, I'll talk about some of those easily consumable things, and then I'll maybe, yeah. I mean, right now, <laughs> anyone who's willing to talk to me about it. I will. T- I am. I'm watching Friday Night Lights, um, and I don't understand football.
1: I don't either, and I loved it.
2: It is incredible, <laughs> and my husband and I started watching it, and he couldn't watch it because there was a lot of like the camera moves really fast, and hmm. he's very gets really grumpy about things like that. So I just continued watching by myself, and it's just been this journey. That if you're looking for something that's just um, – is going to surprise you. I think it's surprising how – Yeah, especially
1: – I really enjoyed especially the first season, but it's – Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting even if you're not in that sports world how moving yeah. it is.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm trying to remember my favorite novel from the summer if I can – Oh, it was like the island of sea women. Oh, that's pro. That's so not it. <laughs> um, I will. I'm. I'm not going to remember okay without having to look it up. But I will. I think the thing that's been the most inspiring, and this is a little lame because it like is telling your 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 listeners to go to our website is is um. So right now we're in the pairing process mm-hmm. of before we start our term and for new members and people who are, you know, have been referred through someone that we don't know super well, we try and have a, have a little conversation with beforehand, um, to get to know them because pairing is really a, such a gut, (laughs) gut thing. Um, and I just, I don't know. I I don't know why it feels different than going to a museum or going to, Some of these more formal ways of viewing art, um, but I just I've been feeling really inspired by reading about different artists and and in these conver- like in those conversations, hearing about them talk, and I I you know and I relate this to what what you're doing here of getting to hear a little bit more of the personal side for, for people. Like I, I think I, I really appreciate the process of things. So when I go to a museum, I'm seeing like, Oh, this is the final product. And I, yes, you have a little card here that's helping describe that, but I really want, I want the whole I need the audio tour
1: and the memoir. I
2: want, I want all those things. And so I think when I, I really like to kind of geek out and, um, go down the rabbit hole of learning about a about an artist and learning about all of like, yeah, that, that backstory and the history and um, seeing the progression of their work. And, and that's something I really, I, I get to see through the midwives in a, in a really unique way. Um, but yeah, so that's what I think of. Emily, thank you so much. This was
1: a complete joy to get to talk to you like this
2: thank you. It was so nice for me. And I wish <laughs> I, I'm like holding back. I will have all these questions for you, but that's <laughs> well, why we can
1: so- continue at a later date. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Compass Podcast. If you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of The Compass, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thecompasspodcast. Pledges start at as little as $1 a month. Anything you can give would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you have a moment, please rate or review in iTunes. Every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brendan Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time.